0: Throughout this year, our parish has been greatly blessed uh, by the witness in the presence of our seminarians, uh, Thomas, Jason, and of course, Deacon Jacob. This is their last weekend here at Incarnate before they go back to their home dioceses for the summer. Uh, Again, we're especially grateful for, for them and uh, their work with our youth group in particular has been uh, very, very helpful for us. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed having them around, just hearing stories uh, about the seminary nowadays and uh, telling and reminiscing from my own time, and I think between the stories I've heard from them and my own experience, I've, I've always kind of described seminary as a pious frat house, you could say. Uh, some days it might look a little bit more on the frat house side of the spectrum, other days it uh, look, might look more like a monastery. It's a beautiful mixture of the mundane and the holy, a good, a good blend of maybe prayer and pranks, I like to say. The ordinary and the extraordinary. And the fraternal bonds that I formed with my brother seminarians, besides the formation I I received, might be the most meaningful thing that I experienced over the course of my seven years. Uh, Because the seminary, at least in my time, was a a unique fraternity of guys. Different maybe than Delta Chi or Sig Nu, but it was a fraternity that was built on Christ built on Christ. Everything that we did was rooted in him. Before every flag football game, we would pray to St. Sebastian. After going out to a cardinal game, we'd come back to the seminary, go to the chapel, and pray night prayer from Liturgy of the Hours. We'd go on a spring break trip, sure, but make sure every morning to go to daily mass. And every time we might drive out to the country for a day trip, there would be a rosary on the car ride. The things that brought us together as a community, weren't just mundane and they weren't merely secular. It was Jesus. He was the glue that held our community life together. And sure, we had other common interests as well, other things that formed bonds, and we were on the same page with so many other things in life But the basis of our friendship and the basis of our fraternity was Jesus and him alone. Christ was, if you will, the vine that held all of us together. The vine from which all of us drew our lives and found our inspiration. Jesus tells his disciples in the gospel today, I am the vine, you are the branches, without me You can do nothing. Those are very bold words by our Lord, but we know that it's true. In order for a grape to grow, it needs a vine. It needs a life source. It needs something to give it life, or else it will shrivel up to nothing and then just be a raisin, and no one likes raisins at all. And that's why Jesus commands his disciples to remain in him, to stay attached to him. To abide in him. This is the message that Christ wants to give us as well. To remain in him and to abide in him. Christ knew the consequences for us if we were to separate ourselves from that vine. He also knew that it could be, it's, it's easier to be separated from that vine than what we might care to admit. So you could maybe say we're on the vine until we aren't. Christ knew the dangers for us if we would try to go it alone, apart from the vine. But I dare say a more common problem today isn't so much that people aren't attached to a vine as if they're living as independent contractors. It's that people attach themselves to other vines, to inferior vines, rather than the true vine. Drawing life and defining our lives by things other than Christ. Somehow thinking that we are self-fulfilled by other things rather than Jesus. You know, at the beginning of the gospel, Jesus doesn't just refer to himself as the vine. He refers to himself as the true vine. And his father as the true vine grower. We must watch out for false vines, which tempt ourselves, or tempt us, to attach ourselves to them rather than Jesus. So whatever that vine might be, that vine might be politics, it might be sports, it might be even our health and wellness, so it might be immersing ourselves in work, it might be defining our lives by social media, and it might even just be immersing ourselves in family and, and events, and as good as those things are, they are not Christ. If this is our vine that we are drawing our lives from, we are apart from Christ and we can accomplish nothing. So I think we ought to ask ourselves today, what is our vine? What is the vine by which I draw my life, by which I draw my inspiration? Have I maybe grafted myself onto a vine? different than Christ. Because if our vine is something, anything other than Christ, we will not bear fruit. I think the consequences of this are all around us, everywhere that we look, especially in the ways that we organize ourselves nowadays. We are way more likely to define ourselves by other vines that we belong to rather than the vine that is Christ. We see a weakening of human fraternity and the societal bonds crumbling all around us. Cardinal Riniere Ocantala recently in a homily described it quite well. He said, The wellspring of human dignity and fraternity is in the gospel of Jesus Christ and nothing else. When the vine that we draw our lives from is no longer Christ, a seminary could very easily turn into a frat house. Or a parish could turn into a political party. Something divided, something separated from the true vine. And this division is the work of the evil one himself. In Greek, that word diabolos, divider. That is how we describe the evil one. He only seeks to prevent us from staying on that vine and abiding with Jesus. We see how humanity and society and even communities in the church are wounded by this division. The words of Jesus are very apropos for us. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So are there parts of our lives where we draw more life than from Christ? Do I belong to another vine that nourishes me, seemingly more than Jesus? Our God wants us to remain in him, brothers and sisters, to keep his commandments and receive nourishment from the vine and the vine grower. He won't force us to stay on that vine against our will. We have to willingly stay there and not be swayed off. And our Lord knows that the other false vines will not actually sustain us. They won't leave us happy, they won't leave us fulfilled, and they won't leave us nourished. Let us pray today for that grace to remain in Christ as members of that vine, drawing our lives and our livelihood from him and by his grace, defining ourselves by him and him alone, for without Jesus, we can do nothing.